We are back with another episode of the Elite Selling Podcast. It's your hosts, Frankie and Griffin. Today, we've got one of our favorite guests, Heidi Smith. Not only is she a guest, she is a longtime supporter of the Elite Selling Podcast. Shout out to Heidi. Heidi is one of the most experienced go-to-market recruiters that Frankie and I have, have ever met. She's worked at companies like Splunk, Salesforce, Google. And today, we're talking a little inside baseball about what reps can do to stand out from the pack when they're looking at going after a new role at a new company. What are the things you need to do? What are the things you need to avoid? Key skills that hiring managers are looking for and some recommendations on what you can do, again, to stand out from the rest of the pack. So without further ado, Heidi, let's get into it. Heidi, welcome to the Elite Selling Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you guys? We're better now that we're talking to a legend. So legend. thank you for being such a supporter of the show and sharing it out to the network. And I'm very excited about today because we're going to be giving a little inside baseball to all the folks that are either on the market, thinking about getting in the job market, trying to figure out how to rise above the noise and be different, you know, in today's world where it's flipped on its head. So we're yep. excited to chat with you. Wait, can I tell, can I tell, can I jump in with a little story really quick? Yeah, I didn't know if we, if we wanted to share that or not, but let's uh, do oh, it. I have to. I, I mean, we have to. It's Heidi. So this is, this is a couple of months ago. I'm up in San Francisco at an event uh, and I run in. Mutual friend introduces me to Heidi and she says, hey, oh, you work at People AI. I listen to this great podcast that yep. is run by these two reps at People AI. It's all about enterprise selling. And I was like, really? Tell me more about that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's incredible. I love listening to it on my drives. And she's like, I think one of the guys, I can't remember their names, but one of them is definitely Frankie. And I was like, why do you remember Frankie and not Griffin? <laughs> but Heidi, that was, I tell people about that he all the time. Me, so I had, to, I had to call that out. You are a super fan. Same so this is, this is just full circle. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, but Frankie, I mean, he, called, yeah. he, called me, he called me right away and we were like, <laughs> okay, we made it. Yeah. We made now it. we're full circle. And now we're full <laughs> circle talking about in 2023 hiring you know i like right before we jumped on we talked about the state of the market right now companies are are yeah. back they're hiring i mean I'm, I'm seeing it more and more and there i know a lot of reps are in the market looking for new jobs and so i thought we would use we thought we would use this episode to really jump into giving reps that are looking to uh, join a new company a little bit more information around the other side of the table and how you and hiring managers and sales leaders look at potential candidates, the great things, the bad things to avoid. And really, you know, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into your experience with, uh, with what sellers can do to separate themselves from the competition. So uh, maybe give us some, give us some dues for reps and, and we'll go, we'll go from there. Like what, what, what makes reps stand out in your mind? Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you both for inviting me to be on the show. I'm excited to be here. And it's definitely a different market, um, definitely different from what we saw a couple of years ago. I think it's starting to pick up. Uh, Salesforce, Mark Benioff announced they're going to be hiring 3,300 new people across the board. So that's a great sign. Some of them are boomerangs. Um, I guess I would say, I, you know, and I actually talked to a couple of sales leaders recently about this um, that were that I worked with at Splunk that have either left Splunk or still at Splunk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, LinkedIn's a great tool, 
great to network, great to get out there. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's old school. If you're reaching out to hiring managers or sales leaders, you're, you're, you know, they're telling me the sales leaders, I feel like half the time I'm getting spammed from these people that are reaching out to me and, Hey, we have a connection. I'd love to talk to you. Can you talk? Uh, this person doesn't even know that connection. They're connected to them, but they don't even know that connection. So what they're really looking for is a, a strong referral. And maybe it's not, um, maybe you're maybe you're in sales, but you're not in the industry, say in security. Um, but you know somebody that's connected to say Andy at XYZ Company. Um, reach out to that connection and do they really know Andy and how can they do that intro? Um, he's more. Uh, a lot of them are more likely if they do if they do check their LinkedIn messages, um, they're more likely to take that call if it's somebody that they know and they've recommended. Hey, can you have a conversation with this person? Um, and keep in mind, a lot of times they're not checking LinkedIn. So keep mm. that in mind too. Um, I talked to a couple folks um, as well, sales leaders, and an example, you know, they they say start building your brand from day one. Um, and it's just not on LinkedIn. It's when you're out there selling and you're working with partners and the customer and what is their image of you, uh, what's your brand, what value are you bringing? Um, I talked to one guy, uh, Jason, he was at AWS. I'm like, well, how did you get to FireEye? And he was like, you know, I was, you know, selling, went to my AWS reInvent, uh, ran into some people that I know, uh, and they reckoned me recommended me to FireEye. And that's how I got that position. And then I said, Hey, how'd you get to Splunk? And he said, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, somebody at Splunk knew me from selling and they gave my number to the AVP that was hiring and she texted me. So it's, it's stuff like that. It's not your typical LinkedIn. And I can tell like with recruiters, we, uh, we get bombarded with people that want to work at, you know, whatever company, and we can tell when it's a generic message. So keep that in mind too. Um, Andrew Garcia, he's at, he's at Salesforce and I follow him. He is a veteran. He sells to the army and he gives a lot of great tips on if you are going to reach out on LinkedIn, cater it. You know, you see a position that say, I'm making this up for NVIDIA and say the, the it's a sales rep for NVIDIA and you're going to be selling to Cisco. Sometimes I'll put that on the, the job description. Reach out to the sales leader. If you can figure out who the sales leader is or somebody on the sales team, reach out and say, hey, I saw this posting selling into Cisco. I haven't sold into Cisco, but I've sold into IBM similar and I'm familiar with your space. So really make it you know, short to the point, but also so they know that you did some research. Um, so that's, you know, that's another thing. And then, um, you know, as far as the, the best thing, though, is is when you're going out to, you know, you're, you have a job and you're going out to these conferences, it's really building your brand and networking there. Maybe you're not looking for a job right now, but start talking to people or maybe you are and, you know, reach out to somebody. Hey, I think we're both going to be at Dreamforce. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and just chat with you for a little bit. So what's in it for them? The, yeah. the person that you want to talk to. Sounds a lot. Sounds a lot like running a, a solid sales campaign too. Same thing, you know. Building pipeline by talking to people, doing creative outreach, not just sending the generic notes. So that's a good point. Yeah. So and it, you know, they really want to see the research because that's how you're going to treat the customer too, or whatever prospects you're over. 
Absolutely. It was interesting to hear. I thought you were going to go a different direction on the LinkedIn thing, but to say that that's old school, so I, I. I'm, I'm agreeing with that in the sense that if you're just doing cold outreach uh, about an po open position with, you're not making it personal, you're not making it relevant about an open position, uh, that's probably going to get lost in the noise. And so those referrals, those are the best. I mean, honestly, even in sales, like that's the best conversation you're going to get is if someone can warm refer you into an account, just like if you're in a sales cycle. Um, yeah. But if you, I'm trying to think of situations where if I'm a rep, maybe not as much experience and I'm trying to get noticed or I'm trying to uh, separate myself from the pack, like what are some things that I can work on internally that, or not internally, but kind of by myself offline that I can work on, that I can put on a resume or put on my LinkedIn profile that might stand out a little bit more than, you know, from the rest of the pack. Any, any advice for, for listeners? Uh, yeah. like that? Great question. So, um, and the sales, the sales folks that I talk to, the sales leaders, you know, if they do meet somebody or they send them a message, they're going to look them up on LinkedIn. Right. Um, and, you know, I've seen in the title four times president's club winner or achiever. So stuff like that. They and, and I have had sales managers, you know, when I'm sourcing for them, hey, will you look at president's club? You know, there's some search stuff you can do for awards, recognitions. And I've been doing that anyways. I mean, they definitely want the domain experience, but they also want, you know, somebody that's achieved, achieved quota. Uh, maybe you're at a company where you don't have a president's club or, or, uh, you know, club trip or whatnot, but sure. put, you know, your percentage of quota and what you've done to overachieve uh, and even put that in LinkedIn in, and definitely on your resume. I would say sometimes people are hesitant to put some stuff on their LinkedIn because it's, it's more public uh, where the, where the resume is more not confidential, but it's, it's a little bit different. I have seen some, um, some folks, I think I saw somebody at a startup 500 company. Um, he was at Google prior and he was in the partner organization at Google. And he specifically put on there generated 500 or 50 million with the army and target, um, in passive revenue. And I mm. saw that on his LinkedIn profile and it was pretty clear. Um, and then, you know, in the resume, you can get a little bit more, you know, I sold a $10 million deal to target or Apple or, or whatnot. You can get more, um, specific. So I would say stuff like that. You don't, you know, typical stuff, you want it to be able to, you know, somebody to be able to look at real quickly and see your club, the deals that you've closed, the revenue that you've brought in, you've sold a cutting edge, uh, cutting edge technology. Also what I've been hearing, uh, more lately. And when I was at Splunk and Salesforce, they really wanted somebody that had a past experience with entrepreneurship, mm. not like necessarily, a you know, a big, uh, you know, a your typical, I raised money and I sold this product, but something that you did entrepreneurial that shows you're scrappy, you know how to run your business, you're smart. Um, also, if you have a finance background, I mean, that's sometimes that's the sweet spot. People that started off in finance and is like, I don't want to do this. I want to go into selling. Um, they're going to look at, this is my quota and I'm, I'm going to reverse engineer it. So put that on there. Um, if you've been in, you know, college, as far as sports, leadership roles in college, if you've been in the military, put that in there, anything that you've done with leadership so that you, you, you can show on your resume that you know how to influence people with or without the title, you're a quarterback, you can bring people together, you work as a team. Um, there's ways to do that on your resume, two pages, and you, they say, 
the recruiter and the hiring manager will take six seconds to look mm. at it and then they'll, you know, either yes or move on. So keep, you know, people should keep that in. I mind. thought it was one page. So two pages are okay nowadays. Two pages. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. When I, when I started at a company at AppD, I'll say the name, they told us to get rid of all the stuff on our LinkedIn that was like promoting and then make it about how you're going to help your customers. So I guess you kind of have to balance the LinkedIn accolades versus the resume, but you know, there's always a time and a place to do it. Yeah. And then, um, Simple stuff like your picture should be a professional picture. I know when somebody's done a selfie, I see a lot of folks that do selfies at weddings and they put that on their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> With the bow tie. I've, I've had managers like, oh, what are they? Is that a Tinder picture? Or <laughs> keep that in mind too, because that's how you're going to represent. It matters. The yeah, it matters. So let's really talk about um, the importance of working with a recruiter. As, as somebody that has worked at a company for a long time and has been a recruiter there, obviously you got to talk to the hiring manager, the team and things like that. But like, what about the importance of working with an, a recruiter? What are some tips that you have there? Um, I would say with the recruiter, I mean, I do have people that reach out to me. We're more apt to, to look at the messages, but also tailor it. We can tell when it's generic. Right. Um, if you don't have the domain experience, you know, be upfront about that. Um, are you willing to take, I don't want to say a step back, but are you willing to take a different type of role, maybe an inside sales role to, to grow in the company? So talk about that. Um, you know, and then do your homework, do your, I can tell when people don't do, don't do their homework or they don't even know, you know, I've worked at Salesforce. I mean, Salesforce people, you know, it's a CRM, but do you know, do you know the competitors? I mean, I do yeah. ask those questions with Splunk. Do you know what, at least are you able to articulate kind of the basics of what they do? Do you know some of the competitors? Um, be able to walk through, like I'll ask, you know, I'll ask candidates, you know, walk me through, you know, how you built your business um, at XYZ company, what would you do day one when you got the territory, you know, the following year, would you do, what about deals that you walked away from or you lost? What did you learn from it? There's some, there's some folks that are like, there was nothing I could have done. Wrong That's answer. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, why are you looking to leave? Hmm. Um, I was listening to another podcast and I guess one of the red flags is, um, and you know, it's, it's with me too. It's my manager and, you know, and then I hear a lot of salespeople, oh, they, they're changing my territory. And I'm like, well, anywhere you go, they're going to change your territory. So yeah. you really have to be careful with the answer you give around why you're leaving your current situation. You, you do not want to be looked at as the type that's just throwing your current situation under the bus and you're not pointing the finger back at yourself. You do not want to be the one pointing the finger and blame and saying, look, everyone, it's everyone else's problem and not my own. I mean, there's, yeah, maybe there's some of that going on, but you got to be, you, you take some ownership. You have to show that you can take some ownership. But yes. Heidi, I wanted to ask you, like, let's put ourselves in a, in a potential scenario because this challenge I've heard with hiring new reps is, is I'm sure it comes up a lot, but let's say, let's say I'm a, a hiring, I'm a sales manager and you have talked to Frankie and Frankie's a rep that you're looking at bringing on board. And he doesn't have the right experience, but you're really excited about your conversation with Frankie and you take Frankie to me, the sales manager, and you say, look, I just had this conversation with Frankie. I look at him and go, hey, look, he looks great, but he doesn't have the right experience. Like he doesn't have the type of experience that we're looking for. Like, help us understand what 
what can Frankie do to make up for that lack of experience? Oh yeah, he doesn't have this experience, but he has X, Y, and Z. He's got the intangibles. He's got these things, these skills that really make him a standout candidate. Yeah, you, and I'm I'm always going to talk about. They're always looking for somebody that's um, curious, willing to learn, hungry, um, you know, willing to do the work, and has had success in the past. So being able to share that. Um, I've even had sometimes, you know, I've had somebody reach out to me. I want to get in front of the hiring manager or sales leader. And I'm like, Oh, you've got a totally different background. And I'll, you know, I'll share with them. Hey, why don't you reach out to somebody within sales, have a conversation with them um, and have them introduce you to, you know, the hiring manager, somebody on the team. If I, if, if I think they're, you know, if they're good enough, because sometimes that will also um, coming from another salesperson um, that might kind of spark up. Okay. I'll have a conversation with them and I'll tell the hiring manager, Hey, have, you know, a 20 minute conversation with this person. And maybe you don't have something on your team now, but I see something in this person and, you know, have a conversation. You might have something down the road. Also, you know, been at Google Splunk Salesforce, and they're always the good hiring managers and sales leaders are always looking to pipeline and things are going to change. Um, and there might be stuff going on behind the scenes that the recruiter doesn't know about, or, um, you know, the sales, the sales hiring manager may have heard that, well, we might be building another team X, Y, and Z and Frankie might be a good, you know, good person for that team. Yeah. So that's what I would do. Yeah. I think it's, the overall theme or one of the themes here is being able to break the rules of like the traditional recruitment hiring process. It doesn't need to be send the resume, wait to hear back, send the generic message, wait for the next interview, wait for the next interview. You need to be respectful of people's time. But also if you're in sales, like if you're going to be hired for a sales position, your manager wants to see that you're willing to have the grit to get scrappy, to reach out to multiple people and run it like a true sales campaign. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. And if you really want to get into a company, that's what it's going to take. And to your point, even if the timing's not right, you're probably going to be one of the first people on the manager's mind, the recruiter's mind when the time is right. So yeah, I like all these points you're bringing up. You hit it on the nail. And then um, one big thing, um, and I hear a lot of hiring managers and I look for this too, is, is how do they follow up? Mm -hmm. uh, rule of thumb, follow up you know, with everybody that you've interviewed on the team within 24 hours, because um, that's how you're going to treat the customer. And that they they keep saying that, you know, how they interview, how they follow up, how they present themselves. Um, that's how I see them presenting to the customer or the prospect. And if they're lackadaisical during the interviewing process, they're just going to get even worse with the customer or the prospect. And when you're sending them, a, you know, a follow-up, thank you, you know, pick out one or two things that you guys talked about or, or with the, with the, um, you know, female hiring manager, you know, Hey, we touched on this. I know I don't have the experience with Cisco, but I'd love to, you know, I've I have this experience, send an article, you know, make sure it's dated. Uh, it's recent, but send an article. I saw this, or I just listened to your earnings call. Um, or, you know, I saw this article or whatnot on your CEO, stuff like that so that they know you're, you're interested, you've done your research and you're continuing to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Research is, it just shows that you're paying attention and you're willing to do your homework because as yeah. a seller, you're expected to do the same thing. And to your point around uh, follow-ups, 
uh, a buddy of mine is a hiring manager. And one of the biggest things that he talks about is the, it's such an underrated skill for sellers to be good writers. Like so much of what you're doing, especially today is writing emails and responding yeah. to emails, putting follow-up. Can you put a follow-up email that's concise and quickly summarizes the key points of your most recent conversation and next steps and timeline of, okay, these are the next steps by what date, right? You're, you're guiding us, uh, as a customer along their buying journey around the time frame. You want to do the same thing in, in your onboarding process. Like, Hey, you mentioned that next steps is we're going to talk to the recruiting manager, et cetera. Right. Uh, shout out to Nate Nazarella, who was a guest on our podcast, who talks about the importance of writing. Uh, so I understand when you say that's, that's something that's might be overlooked. Give us some examples of immediate red flags off on a, on a potential candidate. Yeah. So definitely, you know, why are you looking to leave, you know, my manager or my territory, you know, they're, they're looking to see if you're running from something versus running to something. They talk about that a lot. Um, they talk about if, you know, they're not able you know, oh, wow, you've got a great resume. You've made a club every year. Tell me how you did it. And they can't articulate that. That's a red flag. Mm. You know, they don't know what they did to build their business. Maybe they didn't do it. Um, what have they, um, I've been seeing a lot. Yeah, they're, they're great at selling, but is it really good for the business? And is it good for the customer versus just, you know, selling a 10, you know, $5 million deal that, the customer, you know, isn't able, isn't going to be able to implement it, or it, it's going to become shelfer. That's a big thing right now. Um, so being able to articulate it, and then um, uh, what kind of how you build your business, how you've built your business, how you've been successful in the past. Um, are you going to? Are you a team player? You could be the best um, sales rep, but are you coachable? You know, I've talked to a lot of people, and you know they've, you know, they, they've done stuff at, at, at other companies, you know, and I ask them, you know, tell me about, you know, how you're coachable or, or even, you know, if you've missed a quota or a deal, would you learn from it? And they're like, I didn't learn nothing. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of, um, oh boy. They really, yeah. are, are they really coachable? <laughs> that's just, uh, are you a good human being? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, are they hungry? Um, do they just, you know, and I've had, unfortunately I've had sales reps, you know, I just need a job. Well, wrong answer don't again. Come on. It's it's so difficult because if you're a, a rep out there and shout out because I know plenty that are not employed right now. They've yeah. got great resumes. They've they've crushed it. They've hit their president's club. But just they're right now they're not they're not employed. And it's it's tough because you want that job, but like you don't want to come off too desperate and you know too eager. That that might be a little bit of a turnoff. You kind of play you gotta play a little hard to get. I imagine. Yeah. 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 The other one too, and you guys mentioned this on one of your podcasts a while back about now C CFOs, like they're only wanting 5% new products or whatever in the marketplace. Yeah. And when, when I talked to one of the sales um, managers at Splunk, Jason, he was, he, one of the things he said is you, be, you need to be able to articulate to me what value, you know, you've brought with your product or, mm -hmm. or service. Um, has it saved money? Has it, you know, increased revenue, time, you know, something like, be able to articulate that. Let's shift gears real quickly and think about when we're evaluating companies, do you have any advice on, on people, on what they should look for um, in a company, if the company's healthy, um, 
is the culture good? Is there actually opportunity to go sell? Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah. So if it's a public company, definitely listen to their earning, like their last earnings call. That's going to tell you a lot about the the customers that they've recently sold to, any challenges. The analysts, I feel like, are pretty. You know, they ask the CEO and the CFO some pretty sometimes tough questions, but those are great. Um, and then as far, I mean, usually with a with a um, pre-IPO, they're not going to tell you too much about what the ARR is, but you can ask about what series they're in. Um, you know, I've, when I went to Splunk, it was back in 2012, so they were already public, um, but I had a friend that used to work there. He put me in touch with one of the sales reps and I did my own backdoor reference and I talked to him. So, and I liked that. He's like, I'm not just going to sell um, close a deal to close a deal. I'm going to, I have walked away from deals. So, you know, do your own backdoor references and see what the market's saying and find people that have worked at that company that can connect you um, with people in that company. Um, download the product. It, you know, do you think this is something that you believe in? Can, you know, can you sell it? Can you sell it to the customer? Do you think there's, you know, do you think that they're um, going to buy it? And then I've had people that I've interviewed um, for, for roles at Splunk where they, you know, talk to some of their, their, you know, they're at another company, they're interested in Splunk. Um, they've talked to their customers about what do you think of this product? So I would do, you know, I would do stuff like that. Also, I would say, look at the CEO. Um, what are they doing? You know, what's their, you know, read about them. What, are, what is he or she doing outside of the company? What's their, you know, uh, social stuff like, or volunteer stuff, or how are they um, presenting themselves? Cause that's really going to be the culture of the company. Great and, and the executives too. Yeah. It's all about doing your homework. I mean, we, that's like, we talk about themes throughout this. You have to do your homework. You can't walk into a conversation with a, a, a recruiter or a sales manager. You can't walk in blind. You have right. to know about the company. You have to know about their goals, their, uh, the financials. If they, again, if they're a public company, what the CEO has recently talked about. Um, it's like being a sales rep you have to come with a point of view. You have to come around and share where you think you can add value. So I appreciate that. And also you're, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing yeah. you. Right. So yes. that homework is for you too, to make that decision. Yeah. And I, if, you know, if I was a rep, I don't know what information they're going to give me, but I would be like, Hey, how many people went to president's club and can yeah. I talk to a rep? And the best people to talk to are salespeople. Just go find three, four salespeople. They will give you exactly what you need and they're not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. I think that's such a non-negotiable. If you are about to go work for a company, you cannot just talk to leadership. You have to talk to a rep because they're going to give you this, this, the real answer. They're going to give yes. you what's really going on and what to expect. You probably, you know, they're not going to turn you off the opportunity, but they're going to tell you, Hey, just to go, well, as you walk into this, expect these challenges, right? Yeah. Still a great opportunity, but expect these challenges. Yeah. And if you're a sales rep, also look at whoever the president is or the CRO and do they have a following? That was another thing, um, which makes sense. I mean, we, we had a, um, a, a lady come from Salesforce to Splunk and then she went to Okta and now she's, and this is public. She's now she's at HashiCorp and she's got a great following and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and even as a recruiter, I would want to make sure that the sales leaders, you know, have a good following and they can get people to come and, and work for them. Absolutely. So yeah. Heidi, talk to us about some resources you recommend for sellers for um, relative to this topic or in general. 
Yeah. So start a podcast. Uh, one of the things, uh, yes. I don't know if I already mentioned this, Griffin, I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were interviewing, you, they asked you about MedPick, you didn't know it. You went out and you learned it on your own and then you, you know, implemented that and then you used it at your next interview. And it's like, I hear, I hear candidates so many times, oh, I don't know the security. I don't know this or that or AWS. I'll learn it once I get there. No, start learning, you know, figure out what you want to do. I'm not saying if there's so many certifications out there, I'm not right. saying go, go get every single one of them, but, you know, kind of pinpoint it and start doing that. Get a coach, pay for a coach on your own. I mean, that's what I do. Um, and they look for that, uh, you know, books. Um, there's the John, McC um, John McMahon, the qualified sales leader. That's really for sales leaders. But I read that and I'm like, this is great for sales to look to see what they, you know, what the sales leaders are going to look for. Um, how to, you know, reverse engineer your quota research, you know, um, look at new opportunities within you, you sold a deal, look at new opportunities within that, um, uh, company to sell more deals to who's the champion, who's the coach, who's the, you know, the economic decision maker or the buyer, um, right. are you spending your time, you know, in the, doing the right activities. That's great. I love it. I Great got like resources. three copies of that one on, on my shelf. I bought a bunch to send out to prospects and I don't know, somehow they got lost in the mail, but that's a really good book if you're a leader or not. Yeah. All right. So last question, Heidi, we know that you, that you have, uh, you've come prepared for this one. So how do you <laughs> define an elite seller? Well, I want to first tie it to some of the elite players out there, like with the NBA, the NFL, tennis. Um, to make it to the pros, you're pretty elite. Um, but then there's the elite of the elite, like Tom Brady, Serena Williams, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, of course. And they all have a crazy work ethic. Um, they just, they go above and beyond. Um, they, you know, Tom Brady's like, there is no off season. I'm practicing all the time. Serena Williams, she'll do 20 to 30 hours a week of tennis on the court practicing, and then she'll go to the gym to do strength training, uh, rolling, you know, sleep, nutrition, take care of themselves. Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, they've made history, you know, at, at a basketball game. Uh, the next day they're back in the court, um, you know, perfecting their um, their shot or whatnot. They look at their videos and they analyze them. I, I heard that about Serena Williams and Tom Brady. They hire, you know, a lot of coaches to continue to do better with what they're doing. And then they know how to bring um, people together. Um, they cut through the noise. Um, there's a lot of crap about them online, but they're, they're myopic and they just focus on their passion. And really, you know, I feel like elite sellers do that. They go, they get to president's club or they've closed the biggest deal in, in the company's history, but the next day they're, you know, making sure they have pipeline, they're forecasting and they're, you know, continuously wanting to, to get better and they help others. They help others. Mama mentality. There yeah. you go. I love it. Yeah. Heidi, thanks for joining us today. Such a good episode. I hope people listen to this and, you know, cut through the noise, get on top of, of finding the next job, not just a job, but a career, a lifestyle. Yes. So thank yeah. you very much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you Awesome, awesome episode. Heidi, thank you for jumping on and giving us a little inside baseball into what it takes to stand out from all the other people that are applying to these different jobs. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, subscribe, share with your friends, help us get the word out. We appreciate it so much. 
a few key takeaways. Do things differently than others. Heidi called it out. LinkedIn, it might be a little old school nowadays. So how can you go and network in person, ask for referrals, do things that are unique, do things that are different. Treat the recruitment process like you would a sales campaign. Talk to multiple people, show that you've done your research and always follow up. So Heidi, thanks again so much for joining us. Awesome episode. We can't wait to have you on again soon.